Hello, and welcome to the Worth the Watch podcast. While there are plenty of movie review podcasts out there, our goal is not to be that. This is supposed to be a fun look back at movies from our past that we have enjoyed. We just want to fill that place between your ears for about an hour. Make your commute to work a little more tolerable, or let you reflect on a movie that you may have seen. Movies can make us laugh and cry, make us cringe in fear, or be a shot of adrenaline. We watch them in theaters with total strangers, at home with friends and family, or on Sundays when it's on cable for the 300th time. When One We Love comes on TV, we get excited. It's almost like, hey, someone else likes this movie too. So if you like what we do, let us know. Follow us on Twitter at WorthTheWatchPC, again, at WorthTheWatchPC, or email us at WorthTheWatchPodcast at gmail.com. Make suggestions of movies you love and want to hear. Tell us what areas you want us to cover. Please keep things clean. We have families who don't want them to be worried about us. Please remember, this is all in good fun, and if something on here offends you, tough shit. Get over it and find something else to be upset about. I know you're smart, and I'm proud of you. I want you to make some friends this summer. Meet Scotty Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls! Welcome to the Worth the Watch podcast. I'm your host, Ed Palilla. Here with me for every podcast will be Mike Kennedy. That's me, Mike Kennedy. Uh, We chose a movie today that's been in the news a lot lately because it just passed its 25-year anniversary. The coming-of-age story that brings your childhood angst to the big screen, The Sandlot. Great movie. Great movie. Uh, Came out April 9th, 1993. Like I said, it just passed its 25-year anniversary. You've probably seen in the news... They had a reunion, and they got all the kids, to get, or, well, all the now adult actors together, and retook the picture. Uh, the boss, the Milwaukee Brewers, did a promo video for their team this year with Sandlot, so it's it's big back in the news. And we figured now it, it was as good a time as any to to go over this movie. Uh, little history on the movie: it takes place in the summer of 1962. Uh, just for relevance, because they do talk about them some in the movie. Um, and Benny's wearing the hat. The Brooklyn Dodgers moved to L.A. in 1958. So it wasn't very long after the Dodgers came to L.A. is when this movie takes place. They're in the San Fernando Valley in L.A., which is one of the hottest places to live in the country. Um, and just one other thing that I noticed is this movie took place, and it's a little weird now to think about this, but uh, baseball ruled in 1962. It was as important as the NBA, the NHL, and the NFL combined is today, is what Major League Baseball was then. Um, anything else you want to add there, Mike? Yeah, the only thing I'm going to fact check you on is I'm on IMDb right now. IMDb right now, and it said it is April 7th, not April 9th. April 7th, okay. Not a big deal. Not a but big deal. Um, what I was going to say is just a few other little fun facts about that time. A gallon of gasoline cost you a dollar sixteen. A movie ticket would cost you. This is 1993 when it came out, by the way, not 1962. 1993 gallon of gasoline cost you a dollar sixteen. Uh, movie ticket was a four dollars and fourteen cents. It's like ten dollars more than that now, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's very well to say. Uh, what we're using right now to get on IMDb, the World Wide Web was born in 1993. Huh. Makes uh, sense. 
the Buffalo Bills became the first team to lose three consecutive Super Bowls. <laughs> and then the next year they became the first team to lose four. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston spent the most time on the U.S. charts at that time, just so you know. Um, talking about baseball to the Toronto Blue Jays won the World Series that year. Michael Jordan announced his retirement from professional basketball. Ah. And Bill Clinton was your president. Bill Clinton was our president. He became president. Recently elected, yeah. He would have been um, inaugurated just a few months before this. Um, there were a shit ton of films in 93 <laughs> that were good. You had Jurassic Park. I know I went into theaters and saw that guy like at least twice. I remember seeing Jurassic Park in theaters. <clears throat> you had Mrs. Doubtfire. Terrible movie. You had <laughs> The Fugitive. Very good movie. You had The Firm. Never saw you that one. You had Sleepless in Seattle. Okay. Indecent Proposal. All right. In the Line of Fire. You have The Pelican Brief. Schindler's List. Cliffhanger, Philadelphia, and one of my favorites, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, uh, yes. So there's a lot that was, of, a, that pretty, was a good year for pretty, movies. Some pretty big movies back then. Yeah, this yeah. is some pretty, pretty there good some, movies back then. There were some serious Oscar movies and then some serious just fun movies, too. I think Philadelphia cleaned up pretty good that year, too, and The Fugitive did pretty Schindler's well List did well, too. Yeah, about that. Those, those, those three movies were definitely... Huge. Yeah. Huge, huge then. movies. And Jurassic Park, too. Oh, yeah. Jurassic Park yeah. was. Yeah. It, it, that's Jurassic Park, not to get off topic, it's one of those movies that, like, still to this day, you watch it, and I'm just like, man. The, it it the holds up extremely well. Yeah. It holds up extremely well. That That's on the list. Um, we are going to be doing that movie in the future for sure. That is a movie that uh, I want to get really deep into because that was an important part of my life <laughs> growing up. All right. Um, all right. Let's go through the cast. So let's go through the people you have heard of. Dennis Leary plays the stepdad, Bill. Karen Allen plays the character that is literally just titled Mom, which I thought was funny. Love at it. least according to um, IMDb. Yeah. And if you uh, don't know who Karen Allen is, she was in Indiana Jones Raiders of the Last Ark. She was Indiana Jones's love interest in correct. the movie. She also she was, was in also The uh, Crystal Skull, which was terrible. Yeah, but she was in uh, Animal Sc- House. She was in Scrooge too. Yeah, she's she the was. Yeah, I love her in Scrooge. She's great. That is correct. Uh, James Earl Jones shows up at the end as Mister Myrtle. Uh, Art Lafleur uh, plays Babe Ruth. If you don't, if you've ever seen the replacements, he is the offensive coordinator. <laughs> or. No, defensive coordinator in, as one of the coaches in the replacement. Yeah. That's about all I know him from. All right, so uh, James ahead. Earl Jones, I just want to, you know, he's been in a lot of sports movies. He has. Um, you know, you look at it, he's, he's in Field of Dreams, mm-hmm. another baseball movie. He was actually in Sandlot 2. Oh. He actually had <laughs> a small part in The Benchwarmers where he was the voice of Darth Vader, which yeah. everybody pretty much knows him from Darth Vader. But uh, I was reading something online about how he actually doesn't even like baseball. <laughs> really? <laughs> but he did a great job of, <clears throat> of playing like he did. Acting like, yes, exactly. The Sandlot was in the middle of the run of baseball movies. 
that came out. Here's the list that I have. Bull Durham came out in 1988, Major League in 1989, Field of Dreams in 1989, Rookie of the Year in 1993, Little Big League in 1994, and Angels in the Outfield in 1994. And then obviously the Sandlot in 93 itself. So you're talking two, four, six, seven baseball movies in five years. And then it went away. (laughs) It went away for a while. Yeah. Just kind of interesting thought. Also, this was right in the middle of, and obviously we noticed a lot more of this because we were kids at the time, but kids sports movies, Rookie of the Year, Little Big League, um, Little Giants, Mighty Ducks, and Sandlot, all in that same, like, 92, 93, 94, 95 range. So maybe it was just because that we were of that age, but I feel like you don't see little kids' sports movies anymore. You don't. So. I can't think of too many, actually, now that I'm even – I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. But, all right, um, while you think of that, I'm going to go through, here are all the characters. We don't have the names for all the actors because some of these you, you never really hear from again. A few of them you do. but um, So the team conc- included of Scotty Smalls, the main character, Benny Rodriguez, Benny the Jet, Hamilton Ham Porter, Michael Squints Paladoris, Alan Yaya McLennan, Kenny DeNunez, Bertram Grover Weeks, Repeat Timmons, his brother Timmy Timmons, who I feel like should have been repeat, not Tommy, but Timmy. And then the infamous Wendy Peffercorn, who we'll, we'll get into at a later point. The only two people out of this list I could find that had any form of career after this are Mike Vitar, who played Benny Rodriguez, and Brandon Adams, who played Kenny DeNunez. Both of them were in Mighty Ducks D2 and D3. Yeah, the one guy was like the cowboy. Uh, well, right. Benny played a guy, a character named Luis Mendoza and Kenny DeNunez played Brandon Adams. I, I honestly, I've, I've only seen those movies a handful of times and I'm sure we'll do them at some point and we'll, we'll be able to tie it back. But those are, uh, I feel like I've seen Mighty Ducks a hundred times and the other two, not nearly as uh, much. You want to put Marley Shelton in there too, who's Wendy Peppercorn. Right, that's Mary. Yeah, Mary Shelton goes on to play Wendy Peppercorn, and she's kind of made some random appearances throughout time. But I've never. Yeah, she, I mean, I watched that movie, uh, the Quentin Tarantino Planet Terror. She's got a very, very main role in that one. Yeah, I've never seen that movie. Yeah, and she's a very main role in that one. She's in the uh, movie Pleasantville, and she's also in Sin City, the second one, the like second Sin City movie. But she's actually had a little bit of a career. A little bit of a career. We'll say a little bit of a career, yeah. Opening scene, we have uh, older Scotty Smalls, who is played by the writer and director David Evans, who is the narrator of the film, who I think is an excellent narrator for the film. He's an excellent narrator of the film. His His voice voice. kind of reminds me of the voiceover from The Wonder Years. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of – he's going into the game, and it looks like, you know, he's he's an announcer for the game. Um, and they're just talking about how – he kind of just talks about how Babe Ruth's greatest baseball player and just kind of talks 
bringing you back that they're going to go back in time with and talk about his summer of when they got in the biggest pickle of all time. They use the term pickle a lot, which means if you don't know what a pickle is, that's when you're in a sketchy situation. All right. Yeah. There's something going on. Like a pickle in baseball is where you're kind of in a rundown, if you know what a rundown is, right? Where the runner's in between and you're trying to get him out. That's pretty much it. That's the opening scene. All right. Like I said, comes back, takes place in 1962. We go back in time. This is like probably Ed and I, like, this is our parents growing up, you know? Yeah, my dad, you, my dad, your dad would have been like nine-ish. Well, my dad was born in 1951, so he's about 11 years old. So I'm like, he's like literally about almost the same age as these kids in the movie. So I think this is why my dad likes this movie so much, too, because it really hits home for him. Um, so Small, Scotty Small's just moved into this neighborhood. It says three weeks before summer. Um, so, little background. His dad died when he was younger. Uh, Bill is his stepdad. They're still trying to get to know each other, really don't know each other too well. And they're kind of like awkward when they talk to each other, like don't really know how to interact with each other. Um, he finally gets the courage up to make some friends. He goes down to the sand lot where the uh, group of guys play some ball. Um, a ball's hit his way in the outfield. And this is kind of where you find out that he has no idea about baseball at all. Yeah, you missed great. one great one great line. As he's walking up to the field, he's just telling, "Don't be, don't be a goofus, don't be a goofus." Yeah, I don't know he, why, he, but it he, made me laugh. He's 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 so he's so worried about like, you know, acting a certain way. But says the ball's hit his way, and they're like they're all screaming, telling him to watch out. And he like muffs it, falls hard on the ground, and screams real loud, and they're all just like laughing at him. I go, and he tries to throw the ball back to him. He's, you know, thrown with the same foot forward. All of his mechanics are terrible, and the ball just falls, like, two feet in front of him and rolls, and they all just laugh. And that's another great line. He's just like, my life is over, and just leaves. Um, his mom. I'm going I'm to make this statement without giving away the name, and we'll talk about it later. But there's someone we know who's related to someone we know that is like playing catch with that person. There's someone we know. Someone we know that's related to someone we know. Where's that here? Oh, so he embarrasses himself at the sandlot. We have his mom really wants him to make friends and is, you know, doesn't want him just sitting around doing nothing. Uh, you, you just where you get like a really good sense of how awkward he is with his stepdad he goes in there and he's like um bill i mean i mean i mean dad you know he doesn't know how to say doesn't know how to converse with him really right and this is the first time you see when he's talking with bill he's put, taking the babe ruth baseball putting it right by his trophy you know showing it where everybody can see it you know he's proud of it one of his favorite things i know he calls he refers to himself as an egghead yeah all right so we got bill who's Dennis Lurie, we discussed. He's trying to, like I said, he's very awkward. And Bill's like, yeah, 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 I'll, you know, I'll, I'll play catch with you. And like, he's very scared and standoffish, if yes. you will. Yeah. He's, he doesn't want to be very forceful. Like, oh, come on, I really, I really want, I really want to, like, if you, I think if you just told him, hey, all these kids play baseball at the Sandlot and I don't know how to play. And he, Yeah, he's probably a little bit embarrassed. Yeah. And a little did, bit shy. 
And he was gun shy because it was his stepdad, not his real dad. Mm-hmm. If he had, a, I mean, if it, he had a, his real dad, hopefully he would have already he wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah, but Bill goes. All right, let's go play catch. So they go in the backyard. They start, you know, getting ready to play catch. He first throw. He's you know afraid of the ball. The ball comes flying at him, and he just gets out of the way. And he's like, oh, you know, shoot, dang, I can't catch it. And instead of throwing it back to him, he runs it over and hands it to Bill. Right, because he doesn't know how to so, throw yet. And and every time you look at Bill, Bill's just kind of like, oh, hmm, what's what's going on here? <laughs> like, eh, okay, we'll try again. And he's like, you know, keep, keep the glove up, you know, catch the ball. Put the put the ball put the glove where the ball's going to be. Throws it again. Misses it. Misses it again. He's like, all right, you know, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. This time, try throwing it back. And he just kind of like rolls it back to him. And the third time he throws the ball, I think what happens is Bill just is like, I'm going to throw it right at him. So he has to try to catch it. Right. He'll put his hand up automatically. Exactly. And But the ball, he catches it, but he puts the glove right at his face and the ball smacks him right in the eye. Right. Don't forget it's a, it's a, Shitty glove that's like a nylon like, glove. It's essentially yeah, a fake glove. Yeah. Terrible. Breaks the glove on the throw, too. Yeah. So, this is the scene that, like, they take him in. He's like freaking out. And she's like, get ice, get ice, get ice, you know. And it's like, I feel like that's such an old school thing is to go grab a slab of meat and smack it on your eye. I, that, that's actually something I noticed, too. It's, it's a, it is a very old school thing. You get meat and put it on your face when it's. When you get hit in the face, I'm, I don't know I'm why. Maybe, maybe they didn't. Ha- maybe they didn't have a huge ice chest back then. I say, were, were ice like high currency then? I don't know, but I, I'm just saying, it's like you probably didn't have a lot of ice around. Like now, you know, we have automatic ice machines, so it's plentiful. And it's, now it's like you buy meat. You bought meat back then. Yeah, and so you just had that in the freezer and you know, toss that on there. Put had it on the fridge. He tells him to keep it on there for an hour. I'm like, that meat would have been like cooked on his face. <laughs> yeah. The thing that I like in this song, in this when this little part here, is he go, I, and I'm quoting Bill on this one. He he says, "Sorry, gotta watch out for that curve." I'm like, cue Dennis Leary the freaking asshole song. The kid can't even catch a ball, and you're throwing him a freaking curveball. What a yeah, dickhead, yeah. dad! Dickhead, <laughs> yeah, dickhead stepdad of the war. You're like the the dickhead stepdad that you, like you always hear about. Like I hate my stepdad. He's such an asshole. Well, Bill, you're you're winning that award right there. I started singing that asshole song. <laughs> I'm an asshole. I'm an asshole. I'm like, what a dick. So he's out there. He's got his black eyes sitting on the front porch. This is like the next day, and. Benny the Jet runs by and he invites Smalls to play baseball. And give him, uh, he's being shy. He's afraid. He still doesn't really know how to play. Doesn't know how to catch. Complains says, oh, "I don't have a, I don't have a glove." Benny reaches his back pocket. Don't worry, I got a glove. You can borrow my glove. He's like, "Sweet." So he runs over, goes to play catch with them, and they run over and. This is a scene. I really like this, this scene. This is where they have the scene where you're. The whole the whole crew's there. Yeah, and you have uh, Porter, Ham, Hamilton, the Babe Porter, whatever they call him, and he's doing his impression of the Great Bambino. Yeah, 
check this out. On the green, green, green. On the Great Bambino! What? On the Great Bambino! Oh. Who's that? What? I had no idea who they were talking about. What did you say? What, were you born in a barn, man? Yeah, yeah, what planet are you from? But there was no way I could let them know. You never heard of the Sultan of Swat? The Titan of Terror. Colossus of Clout? The Colossus of Clout. The King of Crash, man. So, I lied. And that stupid repeat kid always has to say the same thing after. The Colossus of Clout. Yeah. He goes, oh, I thought you said the great Bambi. And that's one of my favorite lines is whenever <laughs> Ham looks at him and goes, you mean that wimpy deer? Yeah. Like, they, they, <laughs> they caught what he was actually saying. He's like, yeah, I guess. And so, whatever. They go out. And he introduces them to everybody. They go out, they go play. And they're defending him, but they're, like, making fun of him, too. It's where they're walking on the field, and Squints is describing him as... The kid is a L7 weenie. An L7 weenie. L7 weenie. Uh, one thing you missed, as they're introducing them and going down the line, every single one of them spits. Oh, yeah, they spit, they spit on the ground. <laughs> Every single one yeah. of them. I can't remember the, the one guy when he spits, too. It's like a high-pitched little dorky spit. <laughs> it's like, but when he does it, he doesn't make the L7 weenie thing. He makes a diamond out of his hand. You're supposed to go thumb to pointer, thumb to pointer, and he yeah. goes pointer to pointer and like makes a diamond as he does it. <laughs> and it's like if anyone making fun of him for being a square – because that's, the, that's what they're making. They're right. supposed to be making a square, you know, an L7 wing. They're like, yeah, he's a square. Is Squints, who looks like a complete dork as well. He does look like a complete dork. <laughs> that's the line. They always, like, make fun of people, like, really, like, weird, too. Because uh, Benny looks back and he's like, what are you laughing at? Yeah, yeah, you run like a duck. <laughs> it's, like, stupid little stuff like that. Yeah. Well, the, that, uh... that hurts so, that hurts so much. Yes. There's another one that when a great line squints has, as they're trying to get it like lined up to hit out to him, after he runs out to him and then comes back in, he but goes. Goes. Benny hits the ball at the smalls. Who does his like? He's like back backpedaling, but straight up backpedaling, just duffs it, just duffs it, falls straight yeah. on his. Right on his ass. But and, after he uh, goes out and talks to him and he's running back in, you hear in the background, Squints goes, about time, my clothes are going out of style. And just goes, there are your Squints. <laughs> it's very subtle in the background, but I thought it was funny. It, I did not notice that. Um, that's a good one. I'll, have to, I'll pick that up next time I watch it. And he picks up the ball instead of throwing it. Does the same thing he did the first time he, when he's thrown with Bill. Ran it the whole way back in from the outfield. The whole yeah. the in, in, and that's one of my one of my lines too is uh, Porter's like, "What the hell is he doing?" Yeah. <laughs> he's very confused. <laughs> and Benny, you know, they're all like, "What's going on?" So Benny runs out there and he starts talking to him, and he doesn't want to play. Benny's convincing him like trying to teach him, you know, the ways of baseball. And there's a little quote here that he says that doesn't really make too much sense to me. He goes, 
He's like, you're not having fun. He's like, if you were having fun, you would have caught that ball. And I'm like, no, you suck at baseball. Yeah. Just because you're having fun doesn't mean you're good at baseball. It's just his year. way of trying to get him not to. <laughs> he ma- he makes a point of he's like you're a it's like you're a science guy or, or you're a book guy kind of thing. It's saying you're overthinking it. Just play, and it'll make thing make life easier on you. That's the kind of point he's getting to. And I understand so, that, but I agree with you. If you suck at it, you're not going to catch it no matter what. <laughs> yeah. So Benny, he, Benny, Benny, yeah. So Benny kind of gives him the quick, you know, this is how you throw. This is how you catch. This well, is how you catch. Well, he doesn't yeah. even know how to catch. He just says, "Stick your glove in the air, and I'll take care of the rest." Yeah, and he hits it perfect, a hundred and twenty-five feet directly into his glove. And this yeah. is this is a question I had for you, Mike. He has his eyes shut the entire time, and he knows if, exactly when to close the glove. If you had to hit it right into someone's glove, we'll even say standing at second base, since you hit left-handed. How many times do you think you would have to hit it before it actually worked? A hundred? At least. I would say a thousand. If I had someone standing in left center, or even at shortstop, not even left center, I, I think I'd have to hit it a thousand times, and one of them would go right into their glove. That's just Benny, man. Benny's it's just that Benny. Good. It's Benny the Jet. Benny's that. Benny the Jet is that good. Yeah. That's why it's a movie. You know? Cue, cue, cue the happy music. He cue the happy it. music. He makes a step, zings a ball right to second base. They're like, all right, let's play. This is cool. Yeah. Everything's hunky-dory. After the game's over, Benny tells, you know, pretty much they play every day. He's like, looks at him. Mind you, Smalls is wearing this hat. This is a great line it, right here. <laughs> it's, that that is, you know, it's got a trout like a rainbow trout fish in the front, and the brim is like twice as large as uh, an oversized brim. It has twice to be long. nine inches long. It is. It it's it's a giant penis. It's a. Out. It's very phallic. <laughs> exactly, and he looks at me. He's like, "You got a fireplace?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, touches that. He's like, "You throw that in there." Yeah, that's a great it, line right there. Again, yeah, that's the only one I got, and of course, Benny. Just pulling shit out of his back pocket like he did his glove earlier. He's like, "Hey, yo, here's my hat." Yeah, here's Gold another hat. hat. Yeah, he's like, "Cool, sweet." So now Smalls has made some friends and he's super happy. Uh, next day they're at the Sandlot again. Porter's at bat, and he's doing the whole babe calling his shot. Pitcher's like, "I'm going to give you the heater. Let's see if you can hit the heater." And Porter does hit the heater. The old ham hits the heater, hits it over the fence, hits a home run. Everybody gets mad at him. They're throwing their gloves or hitting them because when they hit the ball over the fence, you can't play anymore. Right. Can't play anymore. Everybody, they all know that, but Smalls doesn't. Smalls is like, I don't know why you guys are talking about it. I'm going to go get the ball. So he runs over to get the ball. And before he gets he gets to like the top of the fence when he's climbing over, and they all like freak out and pull him down and you know have the whole like, little – they're like, you can't. Like, why? You know, the beast. The beast's over there. And it's funny. They tell him to go look through to look at the ball, and they show the ball, and they just show this giant, like, paw. Grab the ball and pull it in, and the paw is like a puppet paw. Yeah. Massive. Like, every, every all the, the – before you actually see the dog in real life, everything is puppet, and it is 30 times the size <laughs> dog's supposed to be oh yeah it's 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 super fake looking right <laughs> super fake so they decide to have a camp out to explain 
to him this whole story of the beast. All right. And the very one of the very opening scenes is the s'more scene. Yeah, but we 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 missed a quote in there somewhere and, and I don't know I forget who says it and where they said it, but they go, if you were thinking, you wouldn't have thought that. And I think we, it's when... We were, we were thinking you wouldn't have thought that. That was Swenson said that. Oh, okay. But the, the some more... Hey, you want a s'more? S'more what? No, no, you want a s'more. I haven't had anything yet. So how can I have some more of nothing? Shut up! You're killing me, Smalls. Such a great clip, though. It's... When I heard this first, when I first time, first time I heard this, this just kind of gives me this more clip. Just kind of gives me the Abbott and Costello who's on first. Field. Yeah, it is very Abbott and Costello-y. It's very Abbott and Costello-y, the way it goes back and forth, and I love it. And it's like it's just one of these. It's, it's, this is a very quotable movie, like something that I we say to our parents all the time. You know, if somebody doesn't do something, it's you're killing me, Smalls. All right, so. We're talking. Squints tells the beast story. Oh, one quick thing that I have to add in this: his black eye magically disappears by the time they get to this. It's no, it's it's there when they're playing baseball, and then immediately it's gone when they go to start this. Yeah, he's a fast healer. <laughs> that 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 smalls. Yeah. Um. So the beast story. They they. Feed him, when they're telling the story, they feed him like like whole sides of beef, and I'm like, this thing is like a cow's like I don't even know how to describe it. A cow's rib, the entire ribs. <laughs> it's ridiculous how much it is. And they get the, this dog to be the junkyard dog to protect the stuff from being stolen. Right. And he becomes like the best junkyard dog ever. And my friend, he's he starts killing all of everybody. He's like, it added up to like 120, 173 guys. Yeah, <laughs> they say it with a lot of confidence in what they say too. Except like 120, 173, and uh, the beast is just this giant puppet. Like it's like five feet tall on all fours. Yeah, I think um, I think it's two people in a costume. I think is how they did it. No, no clue. But I know the beast is. They had to chain the beast up because it was too vicious. They yes, changed it. It'd been chained up for twenty years. And in my head, I was just like, I want to know what the average lifespan of a mastiff is because it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Mastiff, yeah. And dude, let me look while we'll, we're doing that. We'll find out what the average lifespan is because it's an it's English been, mastiff. If it's been chained underneath there for twenty years, which means. For it to get that big, it probably at least had to be at least a year or two old. So it's probably 21 or 20. The lifespan of an English Mastiff, according to Wikipedia, according to the internet, is 10 to 12 years. So Another one, one I'm seeing says 6 to 10 years. So. <laughs> so that's already false right there. They do get big. Um, they can get as big as 3 feet tall, a male, and can weigh up to 200 plus pounds. Oh yeah, I, I mean, know they're monster know. dogs, but the dog they have in the puppet dog is like three times the size of that. Oh dog. yeah, yeah, it's like like you said, it's like feet tall and like four hundred and eighty pounds. All right, so after they're done with their camp out, they are playing, getting ready to play baseball. They show that there's a little, the little like 
drugstore they buy their baseball from their baseballs from mm-hmm. they're coming out it's yeah yeah and squints and this is where squints they first introduce us to wendy peppercorn oh wendy peppercorn and he's just like oh. wendy peppercorn he's just like mouth wide open staring pointing yeah yeah staring too pointing so they take a really long time to get back and he's like, man, we've been waiting forever. What took so took so long? I love this line. He's like, ah, he was perving a dish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is a great line. It's like totally something you just hear way back in the day. You know, a lot yeah. of those lines. Um, they just they they concede that it is too hot to play. Yeah, and for the record, the San Fernando Valley in July, you know, summer is probably a hundred and ten degrees with no wind. Like it's miserable, and they all play in jeans, which is insane. I couldn't imagine your legs would just they 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 would stick to the jeans, and all the sweat would just weigh it down. You you wonder what their choices were to play with though. Well. They didn't have any probably. Yeah. They could barely come up with later. They can't come up with ninety seven cents to buy a baseball. Well, not not only that. I'm just just saying. Did they even have sweatpants in 1962? Really? You know, they had sweatpants probably, but but other than that, you can't. And you don't want to slide in sweatpants. Take it from me. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be bloody. Yeah. Jeans are probably the most to hold up if you're sliding in dirt. That's true. It would protect your legs a little bit better. Stuff like that. You have all those different things. That jeans were probably the best thing to do. To wear. So they end up going to the pool. And this is where Ham walks by all the girls. I remember you. Oh, sexy. Hey, girls. What one of my one of my favorite scenes in the movie. By far. Oh yeah, he yeah. Ham is he's full of lines. Full of them. He's one of my yeah. one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite character in the movie. We'll get into that later, but uh-huh. yeah, he's he's right near the top. And then you also have another scene where Squints, you know, is looking up. They're looking at. Uh, I would call lines. this the iconic scene of the movie. This if probably- anybody has seen this movie. And you ask them to repeat one, one thing they remember from the movie. It's probably this scene. Agreed. And this is the she don't know what she's doing. She and knows she, exactly what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> and Squinch just freaks out. Can't take it anymore. I, I love the way he puts it. Every summer, my adult life. Every summer, there she is. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, shit. And one day, it became too much for Michael Squints Polidorus. I can't take this no more. <laughs> he just goes nuts. Well, they said in that scene, too, that it had been so hot. And in that one scene, apparently it was overcast that day, not really hot. It was cold. The water was freezing cold. And you look at all of them, they're all like shivering. In the yeah, you can absolutely pool. notice they're shivering and their teeth are chattering. And so Squints goes to the diving board. And every, all the kids are like, what's he doing? What's, what's going on? What's he doing? And 
he's got this little grin, looks at Wendy, waves at her, takes his glasses off, puts them in his hand and everything, and then just jumps in the pool. And that's when the kids are, like, freaking out because they're like, squids can't swim. Yeah, squids. Why is he going down there? He can't swim. So he sinks to the bottom. Wendy's got to go save him. Wendy jumps in. She saves him, pulls him out, starts giving him CPR. It's when they pull him out of the water too, and they're laying him down. If you look at his face, he's got like a slight grin on his face. I think just like this scene, he was so excited to do it, probably that. Yeah, yeah, he had a hard time holding it back. He could not keep a straight face, and so they're giving him CPR, and you know all of his friends are cheering him on, and one of my favorite, a couple of my favorite lines is, "Yeah, yeah," here says he's like. Yeah, yeah, he looks pretty crappy. Yeah, like <laughs> he looks like a dead fish. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's completely fine. He's just, they just feel and that way about him. Immediately after he says that line, she like gives him finishes like her breath from mouth to mouth, pulls away, and then he just has that like I don't even know how to describe it. That big shitting grin. I would like, say it's the biggest shitting grin ever. Eyes real big, looking right at his friends, big smile, and they all have that. Com- confused look on their face and when she goes back he just grabs her head and starts making out with her <laughs> so good and she, what is she, what is she she's like you little pervert yeah yeah and kicks them all out kicks them all out of the pool um when they're kicking out of the pool i love when the uh ham asks he's like did you plan that he's like of course i did been playing it for years you know and he's supposed to be like a 12 year old kid right which means he's been playing it for hours <laughs> yeah i planned it since the beginning of summer yeah <laughs> uh, so after this we have that uh fourth of july scene where they have their fourth of july game and they really like it because they play and the fireworks are going off and it's the only only time they can fireworks. play at night but yeah because the fireworks yeah. they can play at night which would be really cool as a kid to be able to do that yeah Especially and in 1962, but I love too that they had this gigantic Fourth of July block party. Yeah, and that's really of course, cool. Of course, Chubby Ham's got to like shove his face full of food to make. That's one of my favorite scenes of the movie: is him shoving food in his mouth as he runs down the street. He's like, "Hey yeah, guys, wait for me!" <laughs> like, You're Stops, crazy. gets a hot dog, like puts condiments on it. He's not even what messing a, around. So so American. What a fat ass. Yeah. <laughs> He just grabs that first thing he just grabs and just bites into some random thing. I have no idea what it is. And then like makes a runs and makes a hot dog, which is totally like football. Is, I mean, football, baseball, yeah. like to a T. You know, I'd say the hot dog is the iconic baseball food. Hot dog and peanuts, man. That's what you think of when you think of baseball. That's what I think of at least. Um, I'm a nachos love, guy too. I love, I love when, yeah, nachos. Um, Benny hits that ball up in the air, and he's running around the bases, and everybody's just staring at the sky. <laughs> yeah, because of all the yeah fireworks. And then it cuts to their little uh, – it's like a night game. The ball's rolling. He picks up, and as he picks up, it dissolves into, like, the day, the daytime now. And this is the clip where you have your, uh, your pompous tiger little leaguers exchange. Yes. I said you shouldn't even be allowed to touch a baseball. Except for Rodriguez, you're all an insult to the game. Come on! We'll take you on right here, right now! Come on! We plan a real diamond porter. You ain't good enough to lick the dirt off our cleats. Watch it, jerk. 
Shut up, idiot. Moron. Scab eater. Butt sniffer. Puss licker. Fart smeller. You eat dog crap for breakfast, geek. You mix your weeds with your mama's toe jam. Yeah! You bob for apples in the toilet, and you like it. You play ball like a girl. Just ugh, hilarious. Hilarious. Like how, how many times I've quoted, how many times I've told someone to bo- they bob for apples in the it. toilet, bob for apples in the toilet because they like it. I've heard <laughs> you say it. Probably 150 times. <laughs> and it's a great, look, it's a great like beer pong taunt. <laughs> if if you if you look at Squince's face in the background too, like reacting to both sides of like the, um, both sides of when he's getting roasted and the other guy's getting roasted is is pretty hilarious actually too. And and this this scene solidifies. The understanding that kids are extremely cruel people. <laughs> it has been nonstop ripping on each other not the entire movie, which is what kids do to each other. And in this in this scene, um, we find out that at the very you know at the very end he tells me you know you play ball like a girl and they decide hey we're gonna play them. Right. This is where you get some more ham. Yeah, oh, he's this is he's at his absolute best here. You know, he's behind the backstop. Hurry up, batter. It's gonna be a short game, and I gotta get home for lunch. You know, if my dog was as ugly as you, I'd shave his butt and tell him to walk backwards. Hey, is that your sister out there in left field, naked? She's naked. Shut up, Porter. Kind of like what you would hear in the background, just what you associate with it. The catcher talking to the batter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talking, talking a little there? bit of shit. She's naked, isn't she? Yeah, she's naked. <laughs> I love at the very end he sneaks in. I think she'll go out with me. This <laughs> is real quick. They destroy them. Yeah, they never really show a score, but I guess they never really keep score. But it, it's constantly them hitting the ball and the other team, and uh, the Tigers and the not. And the other team striking out, pretty much. Um, Which, there you go. The Nunez is a is an ace pitcher. And also, when you notice when they're talking smack, he says, all of you except for Rodriguez, like our disgrace to the game. Right. Like they know that Benny is awesome. Oh yeah, baseball. they know Benny's awesome. There's no, there's no hiding it. And they're just like he's like it's uh, pretty easy if you're playing with a lot of fat kids and rejects or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Again, um, kids are extremely cruel people. Certainly, there's this this the next few. It's just hammered with good scenes here, like three in a row. Because then they go to the carnival to celebrate. Yes, and this chaw scene is one of my favorite scenes. So, Bertha, so they so they're going to the uh, carnival to celebrate their win, um, and Bertram brings chaw, and he has the bag. And he's like, "I've been saving it for a good time." And he's like, "Big Chief, love that, yeah, <laughs> love that line." Smalls doesn't know what it is, of course. I bet you don't even know what the babe is. 
He's like, what do you do with it? He's like, you kill me, Smalls. Grabs, he goes, shoot, of course. Puts a big chaw in his mouth. They all put, grab, go around, put some chaw in their mouth. And they immediately get on like a tilt-a-whirl type thing. Which is a horrible idea. <laughs> yeah. And because they don't really talk about like, you're supposed to, you know, put it inside your mouth and actually just kind of like, you don't really chew on it. You kind of just let it sit there and you suck on it a little bit and then suck the juices and spit it out. They're probably all swallowing it. So th- their faces, though, just during this are hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Whole time, like I, th- I think that Bertram's face, the one scene is just his face. I just laugh out loud every single time I see his face. Um, but they just puke everywhere, everywhere. On, uh, people all over the place. They're they're covered in puke, and it's disgusting and awesome. And awesome, yeah. It actually, it is, this this like scene reminded me of the first time that I chewed. I was gonna say the same thing. I, Do you remember my, how old you were? I shit. I think I was in sixth or seventh grade. Oh, probably no, I, seventh grade. I was in like actually what they would call backy, like side whack. I, I was put, well. Go ahead. I was I was up in the woods and was chewing and got. I got sick and puke too. Actually, <laughs> that's um, what made me think of it. Uh, I had Copenhagen. The only time I've ever had any form of chewing tobacco, I had Copenhagen, and um, it, I never threw up, but I got real dizzy. I got the spins. I think I had it in my mouth like three minutes, and I got the spins real bad and spit it out and brushed my teeth, and I was done. All right, no, I uh, that was Red Man. It was actually sidewalk. Oh, you went, you went all in then. Yeah, we did that. We were up there, and someone had hidden like some Playboy magazines up there. We were looking at some Playboy magazines, I think, and then I puked my guts out. It was a great time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the next day, this is where Bill is going away on business, and now, so Bill's not there at the house anymore. And kids go to play baseball, and like I don't know, one of the first. I always feel like it's the first pitch of the game when something bad happens. <laughs> like every time there's a home run, I feel like it's like the very beginning of the game. Yeah, Benny knocks the cover off of a baseball, and they are he's mad because they can't play, but everybody else is like this is awesome because we never see anything like this. This is an omen. This means something. Good is going to probably happen. Of course, everybody's just like, no, we can't play anymore. And Small's like, yeah, we can play. And they're like, really? He's like, yeah, I got, I got a ball. And then his dumbass goes into Bill's trophy room where you have trophies and important things and steals Bill's Babe Ruth signed baseball. Okay, two questions for you. Three questions for yes. you. Number one, how hard do you think you'd have to hit a ball to knock the cover off it? No, no idea. But they go in and they bought a brand new baseball. Yeah. So it's not like it was like a baseball they've been using for days. Yeah. <laughs> so brand new baseball. So the chances of that happening are zero, I think, especially a little kid knocking it off. Yeah. But still, whatever. It's a movie, so we let it. We let it. Ha- we let it go. Yeah. So, so the next question. He runs in there. He goes in, steals a stupid Babe Ruth base baseball. And well, my next question. 
Yes. Is it? Do you really believe that no kid? I think could be that stupid. <laughs> could be that stupid to go in and take one off your stepdad's and think that would be fine. Exactly. You know that it's important to him. Yeah, and I know he's trying to impress his friends by being able to come up with the baseball, but I would think the more likely story is he goes in, steals a dollar out of his mom's purse, and goes and buys them. Oh, because they only Ed. cost a dollar. Ed, listen to this. Think of this. They were playing catch earlier in the movie with a baseball. That's true. He had a baseball. Why didn't they just take that baseball? Yeah. But again, it wouldn't have made for the same plot line. So. Uh, exactly. Just another one of those things. They're playing catch in the movie earlier, him and Bill. They have a baseball at the house somewhere. <laughs> That's not signed by Babe Ruth. Yeah. Okay, um, real quick. Before using, we go. Left, he was using the Babe Ruth signed baseball, which I don't think Bill was doing. So since Smalls brought the ball, Smalls, Smalls gets the first at bat. And of course, Small gets to hit his first home run right. over the fence where they can't get the ball. And nobody else knows that he's using the Babe Ruth ball. And he confesses that he took Bill's ball and it's not his. And they're like, who right. gave him the ball? It's very important. He goes, I don't know. Some lady gave it to him. Right. Because like, you huh? see the name like, Ruth on it. He's like, some lady named Ruth. Baby Ruth. And they're yeah. all like, Babe Ruth. And like freak out, and he's like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "He's like, you don't know who Babe Ruth is." And then they start, going, they're like, "You keep talking about this person. Who is it?" And they go through all like you know the salt, yeah, the nicknames, stuff. Like, the Great Bambino, and that's when it hits him like, "Oh shit, this yeah. is the guy. This is the guy that they've been talking about the whole time. This awesome guy," and realizes that I'm in deep shit. We need to get this ball back, and. So they con- they conjure up enough money to get a new ball, which they should have done in the first place. Right. <laughs> and uh, Benny signs, you know, the fake Babe Ruth on there for them, spelling right. it Ruth with an E. Spell- so he Just spells enough it- to keep his mom off the exactly. Off She's the not going to go in the trunk room and stare at the ball, so they just need something to fake her out a little bit. And I just think it's hilarious because when they show the ball over the fence, it's covered in slobber mud dirt yeah the thing's ruined yeah it's definitely done no matter what and each each time they go to take to try to get the ball they you know get more and more sophisticated with how they try to get the ball back they just try with you know a pull at first and the dog rips, rips it yeah rips it apart they try the vacuum cleaner which explodes which the whole time they're like, why don't we just ask Mr. Myrtle? And he's like, no, he's such a mean old man. I go, yeah, but, but so they try the vacuum cleaner thing. They almost die. <laughs> the place right. they, yeah. But they're too afraid just to go up to him and be like, Hey, can we get our ball back? <laughs> right. And then they try the repelling system. The yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah. Airborne attack yeah. where he has the ball in his hand and then he drops it because he's scared. Right. right. And then I was Erector. pretty impressed with that erector set he put together. Yeah, that was that was early battle right there. That that was impressive, and I just love how like the giant dog jumps yeah. over, and and, you, and every single time they they build something or whatever, you see like the metal fly up in the air real high, like the dog yes. just picking <laughs> the metal up in the air real far. Yeah, it's amazing how crazy they make the dog seem and how big they make the dog seem. And I get it; it's to the kid that's probably 
it's being told through the eyes of the child. Smalls has his little dream where he talks about how he has a dream where like a Babe Ruth baseball card or like a Babe Ruth ball is like hammering him into the ground. Pretty much he's having a nightmare about losing the Babe Ruth ball. Right. But Benny, the Jet, has a real good dream with Babe Ruth in it. It seems very, very, very realistic where they show the ghost of Babe Ruth comes out of his closet. Um, and he pretty much is telling Benny, why don't you just jump over the fence and get it? And he's like, I can't. And I love this line because he describes a dog as a giant gorilla dog thing. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I can't because it's a giant gorilla dog thing. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> well, that's how a kid that age goes, may describe it. And he goes, that ate one kid already. Right. <laughs> they keep coming That's back to that. That's a fact. One kid did get eaten. So pretty much you know, they have that, like, gives them, you know, the whole spiel about heroes and legends, you know, but legends never die and trying to convince them, you know, just do what you got to do. And the one part of that scene that I really like is he picks up, you know, the Henry Aaron baseball card and he's like i don't know why but can i have this card yeah you know yeah whatever sure i'm just like how pissed in a few years (laughs) right (laughs) i know he gave away the same time baseball card being like i said but you know let's hope hey it's a dream so hopefully he still woke up and had his hank aaron baseball card right and you know what i want to look while while you're doing that i want to look up um hank aaron's stats for like the first couple years and see how good he was right away because he had to if he hit that many home runs has to have been good out of the gate. Well, you looked it up. I'll I'll keep going here. And uh, Benny. Uh, well, here I got it right here. He came oh, out uh, his rookie year, nineteen fifty four. So this would have been two, three, eight years into his career. He'd already yeah. had a forty four home run season, a forty home run season, and hit forty five in nineteen sixty two. So it wasn't as if like Benny had no idea who he was. He'd already been MVP once the year he hit 44 home runs and drove in 132 RBIs. So it's funny, but I don't think it would have been that. Like, I don't think it would have been like, yeah, I don't even care who he is. Although it is the baby he's giving it to. Exactly. Back to where we're at. Benny's goes, tells them all, meet at the Sandlot. They go to the Sandlot. Benny brings out the secret weapon. It's a shoebox with the PF Flyers in it. Yeah, it pulls out brand new PF Flyers. I think I read somewhere, too. Shortly after this movie came out, they brought PF Flyers back for a like limited time. Yeah, I saw. I read something like, like that too. They, I think they said in the movie, it's guaranteed to make you run fast. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, you know, to set the scene here, he's, you know, they're telling him, you don't got to do this, you don't do, got to do this. He's like, yeah, I do. I got to do this. This is like my calling right now. Climbs o- climbs over the fence, jumps down. You hear that like little Western music playing. Yep. And the beast drops the ball out of his mouth, and it's actually the real dog this time. Right. And you're like, oh, that's just a regular sized mask. That's just a, yeah, which is, <laughs> as we said, a massive dog, but a regular sized Still mastiff. a big dog. Exactly. Benny grabs the ball, you know, runs over, jumps over the fence, and they're like, yes, Benny made it. Cool. And then the beast breaks through the fence. <laughs> no, clears the fence. He breaks through the fence at the end. He clears the fence. Oh, yeah, that's first. right. Right, clears clears the fence at first. 
And then just to set the chase, I'm just going to really quick go through. There's so many little crazy things that happen. So the chase begins. He running down, you know, through streets and alleys. He like goes over a car, jumps over walls, breaks through a window. The dog breaks through a window at the school. Yeah, the which is where they're playing that werewolf movie. Right. The, the, is, breaking through that window would have been pretty ridiculous. He, he jumps through the screen of the movie. And then they go through the picnic in the park <laughs> where they're running on tables and they have that giant, which this is the thing I think is ridiculous here is, so they're at this picnic and these guys are carrying a giant wedding cake. Yeah. Why are they carrying a wedding cake at a picnic? I, I don't know if it's a wedding cake or it's like, uh, it almost looked like a 4th of July stop party, although I know it wasn't 4th of July because they already had that, but. I don't know. Like Why would they have something that big? It's all white. It's an all white cake. Yeah, it's true. And Benny jumps over it. The dog. They lift it up. The dog goes underneath it, and then that's when the big guy on the stilts falls over. Once as soon as they get it set down on the table, land on it. Cake, you know, launches kind of like a seesaw type thing in the air, and just falls on top of the two chefs that were obviously had made the cake. Yeah. I don't- I think the physics are quite there the way they lined it up, but I, <laughs> I don't think go for now. That. We'll let Mythbusters figure that one out. Yeah. <laughs> they go run through the pool again. They make it back to the sand line. Oh, you missed, though. The best line when they run by the pool, the little kid goes, Mommy, Mommy, dog. Ooh, big doggy. Ooh, big doggy. I remember that. I know what you're talking about. But when they make it back to the sand line, he's like, the dog is about to, is like right on his heels. Rips his shirt. He jumps back over the fence and it's funny because all the kids are there with him waiting for him at the same line and the dog just runs right past all the other guys <laughs> keeps going for benny right right and jumps over the fence and he this is right this is where he busts through the fence and then the fence in turn falls on top of the beast yes and the beast is hurt and smalls has sympathy for the beast helps help him and benny help lift the fence up the dog gets out and the dog continues just to lick Smalls' face. Yes. And they're now their best friends. After now all they're that, buddies. they're best yep. friends. And the beast takes them over to their stash of balls where there's like, you know, like a hundred baseballs. It's a treasure trove of them. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, we're never gonna have to buy a ball again. And so they're taking the dog back up to Mr. Myrtle's. They knock on the door. And this is where we find out that Mr. Myrtle's blind. Yes. And he's James Earl Jones. Yes, this is James Earl Jones, and they get, it's the famous line of, why did you just come knock on the door? I would have gotten it for you. Yeah, and they all just look ready to beat, beat Smalls to death. Smalls, it's yeah, to so death, I like, mean. He's the meanest old man in the world. And this yeah. is like, this is this scene right here where James Earl gets, they hand him the ball. He's like, let me see that ball. And he's like smelling it and like feeling it, and he's like, "You're you're in trouble here, man." Yeah, like, you're in some big trouble. Yeah. I'm like, "What are you, freaking daredevil? <laughs> All your senses have been enhanced now." I think he could feel how chewed is and how scuffed it is and how and dog slobber it is, though. But he has no idea what type of ball it is. No, he no, no but he said it. He does. Small says it's signed by Ruth. Not before, and, though. Not, not before. It's, that's when they go inside because he goes, I take it back. You're not in trouble. He's like, you're, you're dead. dead where you stand. Yeah. <laughs> and 
this is what they go inside and they find out that he used to play baseball and be a professional baseball player. Yeah. And he took a pitch with, to the eye with, with George Herman roof. Yes. And he had a signed baseball from not only Babe Ruth, but the entire Yankees team and offers to give him the ball. He's a right. And said, you come by and you talk Once a little, a week uh, and talk baseball. With team, yeah. You know, you figure he probably, he's pretty quiet. He's fine. The way they make it sound out like he's the meanest old man. No, he doesn't have any people to talk to or hang out with. So this is more of like a, I really appreciate. Just, just having, having yeah, a couple nice kids you know. to come and talk to. Kids obviously enjoy the game. Especially Benny. With them. Especially Benny. And I bet, you know, when it takes it back, because at the very end, it kind of, they kind of, you know, the kids are disappearing. It's talking about where they're going in life. Yeah. And, and I, I, I want to add in, I like when movies do this. They give you kind the, like, here's where they are now. Here's what happened to them. Uh, can't it's wait. another one that did that, where they kind of gave, like, they run through the roster and say, they were doing this, though. They were doing this now. It's, it's, I, I do like that, how they tell you where everybody's at. It's maybe a little bit creepy that they just disappear. <laughs> but, that's true. Well, especially the one kid that said got really into the 60s and then never, like, they never heard from him again. So he went from being 12 years old to by the time he was like 16 or 17, he was begging to drink and never saw him again. And so he got really into the 60s, and then that same kid was in the TV show The 60s. Oh, yeah. You did say that. If you're wondering. <laughs> I, read that, I read that somewhere. So yes. it cuts back to kind of the beginning of the movie where they open the scene where Smalls is in the Dodgers stadium, and they're kind of setting the scene for the whole movie. And he's now announcing uh, like over the radio the game. And we find out he's like, now pinch hit it, or pinch running, Benny the Jet Rodriguez. So we yes. figure out Benny the Jet is now an L.A. Dodger and made it to the big leagues. He did make it a lot farther than everybody else did. And he's on third base, talks about him taking a suicide lead, steals home plate, wins right. the game. The Jet's still home. The Jet's still home is the line. And that's pretty much how the movie ends. It's a very just, uh, you know, easy I feel like anybody can watch this movie. Yes. Yeah. It's, ten, it's ten, for ten the masses. Year, ten, year old, 10 year old, 70 year old. Anybody can yeah. watch it. And enjoy yes. It. Um, one little good. note. And that last scene, Benny looks like a porn star with that mustache. Bet, that's Benny's older brother. Oh, that's right. You life. did say that. It's Michael Vitar, whatever. Mike. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's yep. supposed to be. I mean, it can't be present day, so it's got to be 19, let's see, if they were 12, if that's a, 15 if, if years that, later, put him in his mid-20s, so that'd be like the late 70s, but it looks like present day, like 93-ish, and that can't be right, because he wouldn't be, he'd be like 40 years old playing baseball. Uh, if it's 62... He, it looks like they're later in their career, like they're 35 years old. Okay, he's, so... He's, he's, pinch, he's pinch running, too, which is because it even says in the scene, they say the Jet has lost a step or two. Yeah, so let's so say it it's... It sounds like it's later in his career, so he could be easily Let's say it's 35, so it'd be like the mid-80s then. Yeah, which makes could make a little bit of sense. Yeah, that'd be 20 years later, give or take. Which is ridiculous that it's his it's his actual brother because they look he looks so much older than oh yeah he looks like he looks he legit looks twenty years old but you know that porno stash is on there so 
All right. Um, let's go through thoughts on the movie. Um, you already made a good point that it's very watchable for pretty much anybody. It's, it's a, you could be seven and watch this movie or 77 and watch this movie. Yeah. Anyone can appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I think it's, although it is a baseball movie, it's not really a baseball movie. It's more a snapshot of being like an awkward kid and then getting in trouble and getting out of trouble. And it's more of a kid movie than a baseball movie to me. Although there was a lot of baseball in it, it doesn't revolve around baseball. It revolves around the kids. You get where I'm coming from? Yeah. Like they spend as much time trying to get baseballs and, you know, like the going to the pool, doing all this other stuff. Yeah. Like again, as I was saying, the most iconic scene from this movie is the pool scene, not a baseball scene. So that's, uh, that's why I, I, it's a, we may be able to one day get into what is a sports movie, what's not a sports movie, but that's for another podcast. So, um, Dennis Leary's character seemed to be like a really good stepdad. He, you know, he, uh, as we said, he was still a little reserved and it was a little dicey, not dicey, but a little awkward between them at times. But I think he was like a good stepdad. Just kind of something I noticed. So he, he wasn't. He definitely wasn't a bad stepdad, you know, that yeah. you hear about. Yeah. Um, you know, when he gives his stepdad the ball, we didn't really touch on that. He gives his stepdad that, and his, he grabs a ball, and he's like, wow. You know, like, yeah. this is awesome. He's, and he only, the kid only gets, and ends up getting grounded for a week. Yeah. Which is so, nothing, you know. What, yeah, that's nothing, so. All right. Uh, anything else? I mean, shit, I got grounded for a month when I got my underage. <laughs> <laughs> Different um, circumstances. No. You didn't come back with something to make your dad happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> citation. A citation, yeah. <laughs> but, all right. Um, the best scene in the movie to you? Uh, I'll admit, this is, this is tough. Um, like, I, I wrote down three that I just really like. I love the Chaw scene. <laughs> they go, and he's just, and they puke their guts out. They're all, just all oh, their faces. We on. forgot to say they play Tequila. They play oh, the tequila, tequila when they do it, yeah, which yeah. can do nothing but make you think of Pee Wee Herman dancing on a bar. Exactly. For for the rest of time. Point point with the, like the platforms on. I mean, yeah, it's exactly what. That's all I think of when I hear that song too. Uh, you know, obviously the pool scene. Yeah. With. That's my that's my pick. Or, the pool scene is just or so... the ham. The whole. I, the thing is, you have to almost like the ham part is a it's a different scene than. The Wendy Preppercorn scene. No, to me, it's all just one big scene. Whole... It's from the time they get to the pool to the time they leave the pool. That's all okay. one scene to me, and it's it's my favorite I, scene I, in the movie. I, I I think the best, just pure two minutes, three minutes, might be the little leaguer scenes though, when they're just doing the little back and forth trash talk. Oh yeah, that each other. two minutes. That's probably twenty seconds to be honest. It's fast. But that, when it starts, they when they roll up on their bikes and they start yeah. talking back to each other, and then they leave. Yeah, then yeah, like two, it's about two couple, two yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a hand you know hand, less than a handful of minutes there for yeah. you. Yeah, and it is it, the it tightest. Just, it's the tightest two minutes, uh, for sure. But yeah, the whole pool scene because it just builds, and it's just awesome. It's just so funny. I completely uh, agree. What would you say your worst scene is? I've been trying to think about this. I think. There isn't like a bad scene in the movie, really. That that I would 
call the worst because there's nothing like where you see that and you go, oh, come on, that that's dumb, other than like the size of the dog. But that's not really a scene. Um, but I don't really have like a worst scene. There's nothing in this movie. It kind of flows pretty nicely. It, there, there's nothing that when you see it, say they could cut that out or they could get rid of that. I think it kind of all goes together. So do you have one specific you're thinking of? Not, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat. Pro- I said, I'm sure it's some scene that involves his mother because she's just kind of plain Jane. That was the only one I was thinking is like when he's <laughs> he's putting the on the trophy case. But you need that because then it sets up the fact that it's how he Even bought it because it was his dad and he was going to maybe give it to him. So it's an important scene that needs to be there. So I don't really have it, one. It's, I like that scene too because she kind of talks about He's like, even my mom knows. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You sneak that <laughs> the in there. Grown woman, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, even though it's not an action movie, the best action scene is just there's the chasing. That's really the only one that's like any type of action to yeah. it. But it's not an action movie. So um, best comedy scene, that tight two minute argument with the Tigers. Uh, I, 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 I concur. Yeah. I had that. Yeah. That was my best. All right. Best scene here's, here's a tough one. The best character. I've got, I, I have two. Ham and squints. Ham and squints. <laughs> They're both That's exactly what... full of lines throughout the movie. I can't pick Ex- one. I think if I had to pick a one A and a one B, it would be Ham as one A because, um, he just has squ- more lines. He not just he movie. has more lines. He has such great one liners, just one after another. Especially the scene where they're playing the Tigers, and he's just back there, just riffing, picking on, like ripping on him the whole time. He's exactly. so that that is so great, but um, do you have a worst character? Yes, Tommy Repeat Timmons. Oh, that's true. I was pretty much worthless. All he all he does is repeat what his brother says. All yeah, time. Tom. That that's the best choice. That's the best now, choice. Like, he could just disappear, and you wouldn't even know that he's not in the movie. He's one that really like doesn't really have a big scene throughout the yeah, entire. Yeah, yeah. He could not be in the movie, and you wouldn't even know the difference. All right, this is probably the hardest one out of all of them. The best line in the movie. I was saying best line, and then when I think I thought of that, thought about this, I, I might not think the best line. I think about a line that like I've said all the time as a kid, and the handful of lines I said is, "You're killing me, Smalls." You're killing me, Smalls. That's that so many times. The line. That's the line from this movie. If there's one line that you would say comes from this movie. It's you're killing me, Smalls, because it's small. First off, it's it's the like the line of the movie that just gets repeated. But also, there's only one tie. There's only one character named Smalls in any movie I can ever think of. But um, what's it's, it's something that like my dad says. Like I said, I have a, a T-shirt. That my says, brother says it. Yeah, I have a T-shirt that says you're killing me, Smalls, on it. It's just the line from the Sandlot that everybody thinks of. But exactly. um, my other favorite ones are the the kid is an L7 weenie. Uh, you we bought apples we... in the toilet. <laughs> and you like it. Yeah. Uh, he's, um, the kid from the Tiger sneaks in a buffalo butt breath, <laughs> which I think is really funny. <laughs> I just... pretty much used every line in that scene before, I think. <laughs> yeah. He's kinda, he kind of sli- slips it in real quick. Um, and then... Count on a pee-drinking crap face. Yeah. <laughs> and when... <laughs> Um, again, when Ham is r- just riffing, he goes, you know, if my dog was as ugly as you, I'd shave his butt and tell him to walk. That is oh, such a great that. insult. 
It is such a great insult. It could be used at any time. Um, and the just forever, because that's another one that you can use at any time. It doesn't really matter. I I I agree with all those, and I just wrote down the great Bambino. Yeah, that's uh, it. Says it's so hard, but it, it's not one that I say a ton. You know, like outside of the movie, but it's one that they say they just talk about the great Bambino the whole time, and he doesn't even know who, he knows who the great Bambino is, but he doesn't know who Babe Ruth is. Yeah. Yeah, because he heard right. the name Great Bambino. But. Exactly. All right. Um, anything else? Any other quotes? I know it's such a quotable movie. No. no, no. no I think those are the, the best ones. Yeah. Um, so some internet facts that we, we have found. Uh, as you pointed out, David Mickey Evans was the director of the movie. He was the voiceover of the movie. Um, some other interesting things. Uh, the movie was inspired in part by a childhood experience that he, his brother had. Uh, some older boys wouldn't let them play baseball with them. Uh, then they lost the ball over a wall, so he thought he'd get on a good side by retrieving them. When he hopped the wall, he found a giant dog named Hercules, and the dog bit him. I thought that was pretty funny that that was kind of like the basis of where the movie came from, uh-huh. was from a, an original thing. Um, the movie was originally supposed to be titled The Boys of Summer, but there was a book of the same name, and there also is a song with that name, too. So I don't know if the song got in the way, too, but the book was at the same time, so they decided to change it. I think The Sandlot is a much better name than The Boys of Summer. Oh, yeah. It's more memorable. It is more memorable. Um, Another one, James Earl Jones' head was retouched over a – the picture that he's in, they retouched his head over Jimmy Fox. And I – if you notice – kind of when they, they show the picture really quick. He's wearing a pirate's hat. Um, I, I, did, I did notice that. Yeah, it's a little pirate pee right in the middle. Now, I, I don't know if he's supposed to represent a real baseball player or not. I, I don't think there is anyone he's supposed to kind of be in reference to. I think they just kind of said, we're going to make this guy up and put the, him in this picture. Agreed. Agreed. Something that I uh, looked up... Uh... The movie was shot in 42 days. Yeah, I'm sure it had to be fast because the yeah. you can only keep those kids so long. But, I mean, you know, 42 days, that's, like, unheard of. Yeah, that's it's, very, very fast for a movie. And uh, I don't know if I said this before, but talked about the, the cha scene, the chewing tobacco was made out of licorice and beef jerky. You did I not was, mention I that. Made out of, I also saw that it was made somewhere else that was made out of licorice and bacon bits. I prefer beef jerky because whenever I saw that scene, I was like, that's got to be beef jerky. Yeah, I mean, it kind of does look like it. But um, either way, that, that makes sense. That's what they did. Uh, the uh, um, Squints, when he was shooting the scene with Wendy Peppercorn, he had to give him a stern reminder before shooting that scene to keep your tongue in your mouth you understand <laughs> <laughs> this is what i read and then there that wasn't even their favorite part of the movie everybody thought that that was their favorite part of the movie i was just watching the 25 year uh anniversary thing on it's like nbc or whatever it was abc yeah i think it was on good morning america i think and their favorite part was when the whole cast of boys snuck into the screening of basic instinct nice Nice. That, like that's what a cast of boys would do at that age. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, that's just, is exactly, and what, it just think it's exactly what those kids would have done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
Do you have any more? No, that's all I got. Uh, one more that I saw is the kid that plays Smalls and the kid that plays uh, Benny. The kid that plays Benny. Uh, the director brought them in about two weeks in advance to get them acquainted with each other and kind of build a friendship between the mm-hmm. two of them. So that by the time the other kids got there, there kind of was already an existing friendship that they could kind of see as they started to film. Like it, it, it worked its way into the film, especially in that like opening scene and stuff. But mm-hmm. all right. Uh, most underrated scene to me, it's just when Ham's eating food running down the street on the 4th of July. I, I think that's I, really fun. And they just, they kind of breeze over it, but it's just, it's so underrated. It's really quick. It's only what, 60 seconds. And that's it. If even that. Like, guys, wait for me, you know, yeah. wait for me. Just, like I said, he just takes a bite of some random – I don't even know what he took to buy. It looks like ribs or something. Or I love that he kids. stops to put condiments on the hot dog. <laughs> he stops yeah. and starts putting condiments on it because it's just uh, – again, great thing. I'm not sure if there's an unintentionally funny scene. If anything, it would be that. Um, I think exactly. everything else that's supposed to be funny is supposed to be funny, and it's written that way. I don't think there's anything that's wasn't – really intended to be funny and ended up being funny. Um, all right. So here we're going to do a little complaining. I know it's a movie, but uh, I really have two. One is the giant animatronic dog that is not really the size of a mastiff. It's like three times. The size. We've already done a bunch of complaining the, about it, but first, the first thing I have on my list to it is the beast puppet is what I wrote down. Yeah. So um, here's my other one. Why were they so obsessed with Babe Ruth? I, th- I think back then it was that he, at that time, was the greatest baseball player of all time. I understand we, that. We, we're, we're looking at now is that we have so much more in there to look at. Like he, when you think about it, when he started playing, he was an awesome pitcher. He I, I know, but it, here's the thing. He's so, like first seven, eight seasons. He really didn't even bat that much. He was I, more of a pitcher. I did, I did some math on this. Um, in 1962, Mickey Mantle had already been in the majors for nine years and had already won AL MVP, I think, a couple times, including in 1962. Mickey Mantle was the greatest player in the world. So if the entire group was obsessed with the Yankees, and that's why they like Babe Ruth, they should have loved Mickey Mantle. Because kids don't really care about older players. Also, at the same time, Willie Mays was playing in Chicago and the Dodgers were the best team in the national league right next to them. And they had Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale and none of those players came up. I just, I, I understand like it makes the movie because they are, um, the, the, because of the baseball, the, the Babe Ruth baseball itself. But that would be like, if you had a bunch of 10 year old kids out on the, out on the court, playing basketball right now and all they talked about all the time was how good Michael Jordan was or maybe even like Magic Johnson was and not even bringing up the fact of LeBron like if you went out on the court in you know Harlem and started talking to kids playing basketball saying who's the who's your favorite basketball player who do you obsess over none of them are going to say Magic Johnson they're all going to say Steph Curry and James Harden and LeBron James and Anthony Davis, all the players that are good right now, they're not going to be obsessed with some guy that played 30 years ago. That's what kind of – I was a little confused by them. Like, why is it such an obsession with a guy who hasn't played in forever? 
they they already you know don't even talk about like Michael Jordan anymore when it comes. To, yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, the only t- the only people talking about Michael I, Jordan I, I, are people our age and older, and they like to compare Michael Jordan to LeBron and some of the other players. But like, if you in twenty years from now, it'll be who's in the next LeBron James, not who's the next Michael Jordan, or who's the next Steph Curry or Kevin Durant. It's not going to be MJ. So, just a, a weird thing. But um, no, I I I agree with that because you know, it's like I would sit, my dad's favorite baseball player you know was Roberto Clemente. Sure. Grew, he grew up watching him. That's the difference. Yeah. You know? And for me, I was always like Andy Vance like. Yeah, maybe. right. Vance like because that's when we were kids. Exactly. As we were kids. Was my favorite baseball player growing up and still to this day I would say he's probably like my favorite baseball player him and Bobby Bonilla I don't know I was a pretty I was I was, uh, I was all in on the Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, train oh I loved Ken Griffey Jr. it's just you know I was a huge Pittsburgh right, Pirate right. fan too so they were, the, they were yeah. my team um, um, so let's move on to the next yeah don't they pay people to edit this movie well I, I have something to add to the oh okay. I know it's a movie but like we were talking about like uh, let's see here like in the pool scene, how do they know who's close to get back? Yeah, I know that they they just I was as they're they're around, like they're, they're not going to have the towels, and then they just all of a sudden all these towels come flying out. <laughs> towels is closed, you know, stuff that you reach into. Yeah, they're, they're all. How do they know it was there? Right. How do they know who's, who belongs to what? And they all just take off and run down the street. No one has shoes on. Exactly. No one has any shoes on. <laughs> yeah, but. Exactly. It's not like you just throw him out of the pool. She walks him out of the pool and then it walks him another, like, I don't know, 30 feet. Right, right. And they, they go by the door and all these towels come flying out. That's a good point. That's a good point. And I know I made this earlier in the movie. They almost die in the treehouse when it explodes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but they're too afraid to go over and ask a mean old man for a ball back. How about the one kid <laughs> is still in there? And comes walk out completely exploded in dust. No, he... Yeah, yeah, he he comes out just covered in dust. Yeah, he's still in there when it explodes, and somehow it comes out completely fine. But, um, so two little editing things. Don't they pay people to edit this movie? One, you heard me say before, Smalls has a giant black eye, and then six hours later they go and camp out that night, and there's no black eye at all. They missed that one. Little little timeline break. That's, that's what happens when you're filming in 42 days. Yes. Um, other thing is, this may go under. I know it's a movie. The Tigers. Wouldn't they be? Wouldn't their um, like their coaches or whoever be really pissed if they went out and played a game in their uniform? Probably didn't know. Probably didn't know. But I mean, you did. It's a different. It's a different. It's a different day and time back that's in. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. But. You couldn't even get onto a field like that without paying a fee nowadays, you know? Right, right. So, uh, to wrap it up, last thing. What would you change about this movie? Uh, I can't come up with much. There, there's really – again, my, my whole complaining thing would be around the Babe Ruth, but you need the Babe Ruth plot line because of the baseball, so you can't really change that. I don't have anything else, though. Uh, this is um, – I, I, Exact. I'm, I'm the same. I really don't have any – issues with the movie no at all no uh so next part should it be remade no no no, no you should not no. even try to they made that sequel i did not watch it and i'm glad i did not yeah watch it. and and they did they hit such a home run pardon the bad pun right there but 
with the kids they got. I think if they tried to do it again, I don't know whether or not they'd be able. I, I'm sure that if they got the right I, casting I, directors and stuff, they'd be able to, to get it. But I, I just don't think it would work. I don't know. It's really hard to get. There aren't a ton of like good kid actors, you know. Yeah, but really... all these, a lot of these times, these kids are unknown, anyways. And this is the, like this is the first thing these kids were were in. So, right. and then they weren't really in anything after it. So it's they kind of the stars aligned for them to get the right kid to play Smalls, the right kid to play Benny, the perfect kid to play Han, the perfect kid to play Squints. I don't know if you would be able to get those characters right and i almost feel like if you wanted to do it right you'd have to cast it with some of the script unwritten and write it for the kids you bring in because to shoehorn the wrong kid into the wrong character or the wrong um, quotes might not work out but uh, yeah either way don't remake it it's perfect leave it alone all right um any other things you want to say about this movie other than how good it was? Like, like, like I said before, we wouldn't change anything. We don't think it should be remade. Any, anybody can like it and enjoy the movie. I'm always telling, you know, it's one of those movies I feel like you should be able to put this movie on and elementary school and high school and make kids and let kids watch. Yeah. It I'll be excited for my kids to watch it someday. <laughs> I think they'll both like it. And I think it's something they'll be able to enjoy as they grow up to this one holds up for sure. Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening in. Don't forget to follow us at worth the watch PC on Twitter. Email us at uh, worth the watch podcast at gmail.com. Send us comments, questions. If you got a good one, maybe we'll read it on the air uh, to, to um, go over and, and we'll respond on the air. It'd be fun. Um, we are trying to bring one of these out every two weeks for you guys. Uh, our next movie lined up is Payback with Mel Gibson. So I'm excited to go through that one. That was a, a nice one circa 99, 2000, I think. Enjoyable movie. Right Enjoyable there. movie right there. So uh thanks for thanks for coming on and Mike I'll catch you next time. Sounds good. Later. Later.